Hello everyone, this is Brandon, and before we start our podcast today, I have a really important request. Signpost Inn is at a critical crossroad. This year has been an amazing year of growth for us. We've hired new staff, are expanding our services, and are creating a bunch of new resources. And with all that's going on in the world, this is all needed more than ever. People everywhere are exhausted, anxious, and harried. We all need Christian friendship and personal connection to God. And Signpost Inn offers all of that and more. But now Signpost Inn needs your help. In order to cover our staff's salaries and keep our ministry going, we need to close a critical financial gap. We need to raise an additional $36,000 before the end of the year so we can keep doing our important work. Would you please go to signpostin.org to give generously? Our greatest need is consistent monthly donations so we can budget and ensure our staff's salaries get paid every month. But any donation helps. Your donations ensure that we can keep serving and loving every tired traveler that God sends our way. Please give today, and thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Signpost Inn Podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt. And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost Inn Podcast is brought to you by the Signpost Inn Ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostin.org. This time around, Matt and I continue answering listener questions. And again, I encourage you to send in your own questions. We'd love to have you on the back porch too. You can send us your questions by emailing podcast at signpostin.org. And if you send them in as an audio clip, we'll even feature your voice on the show. Thanks and enjoy the show. Okay. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to the back porch. Thanks, Matt. We want to spend uh, a little bit of time speaking to a listener who wrote in named Adelie. She had several questions, uh, which were all really good and definitely worth taking some time to talk about here. And just jumping right in, one of the questions she asked is, how do you teach kids how to pray? Great, great question. Again, this is one of those questions that I love because I think the Bible just, it's like when you whenever somebody says, how do I pray? I mean, Jesus straight up answered the question. He said, when you pray, pray like this, and then introduces mm. the Lord's Prayer. And that, to me, that's actually simplest answer to this question of how do you teach kids to pray? You, you teach them to memorize the prayers of the Bible. Hmm. And the reason I say that is because how does a baby learn to talk? They learn to talk by imitating the people they hear around them speaking. Hmm. And that is the natural way that little children learn to, to speak. So we have been given in scripture a direct answer to the question, pray like this with specific words that we can just teach them and they don't need to understand them. Just like a baby, you know, a young, a very young child beginning to speak, 
what they start doing is they actually start mimicking the sounds they're hearing that have no no real words at all. Like they just start kind of making these sounds and eventually they say something that actually makes sense <laughs> and then they start to understand what they're saying. But a lot of kids when they're older, little toddlers, but they'll still ask questions. What does this word mean? A word that they've been using for a long time and they've used it correctly. And that's how they learn, right? They've just imitated and then they start to understand it. And then those words mean things and then they can make up their own sentences. So we've been given in scripture, the Lord's prayer, which by the way, the Lord's prayer is like a, in my opinion, a super condensed version of the Psalms. Hmm. And this is a project that I've secretly started working on arranging a bunch of Psalms under each petition of the Lord's prayer. Because you can find in the Lord's Prayer a psalm or two or three or even five that captures so much of what Jesus is saying in that in that petition or in that phrase. And we know just from looking in the New Testament that Jesus quoted the psalms more than any other book and that the psalms were his prayer life. When he prayed, just like the good Jewish person he was, he prayed the psalms. So those would be the two, like, here's the two, like, simple answers. How do you teach children to pray? You teach them by teaching them to memorize the Lord's Prayer and by reading the Psalms to them, teaching them the Psalms. Um, yeah, for a while, my youngest, he list, liked to listen to stories going to bed. And not too long ago, for a while, we just put the Psalms on. They just played all all the time. And what a great way to learn to pray. You just listen to them. Yeah. Well, and I, with some of the stuff that you said, because my my default uh, thing, and, and I don't know where I picked this up. I'm pretty sure it was a pastor at some point in my life, but basically saying prayer is something that's that's better caught than taught. It's something that just like you talked about with the way the ba- the way babies learn to speak is they just mimic and you mimic what you see. And my my thought was, is the best way to teach your kids to pray is to just let them see you doing it. Yeah. Well, and it's true too for, we are always little babies compared to God. So it's true for us too, that we will never reach the depth. We will never reach the fullness of understanding of what's in the Lord's prayer and what's in the Psalms. So you, there's never a time in our lives where just mimicking Jesus is not enough. And it will unfold as it goes. We, we will certainly understand more and more and more of what we're saying, and we'll understand more and more and more of what is meant by those words. But we'll never reach a time where the Lord's prayer is not sufficient. You know, like, oh, I need to move past it. Now, you can never do better than mimicking our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, little secret, I, I do want to, I, I, I hope I don't get myself in trouble. I may have to cut this out, but I'm working on a little secret project which is now not going to be secret of going through the Lord's prayer line by line and collecting and making readable sayings and teachings from church fathers and church uh, great theologians of the past. And it started as a personal project because I just wanted to know what they said and what I'm discovering. And it's, it's like mind blowingly cool is that basically every word in the Lord's prayer has tons of stuff that can be unpacked from it. And Christians throughout the history of the church have just commented on it and meditated on it and expanded on it. And so you can take, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and find just brilliant, brilliant, beautiful things and meditations on each word in that sentence. 
So, so you're saying we have a rich tradition in the Christian faith of meditating on this prayer and, and using it with great effectiveness and fruit. Oh yeah. I mean, for good reason, right? I mean, Jesus, that's why I love the question. Jesus himself, God himself gave us how to pray like straight up. I do want to say one more thing about this. This is really fun. Uh, a friend of mine pointed this out. He said, when the, when the Lord taught us to pray, he gave us a prayer that if you say slowly, takes you about 30 seconds. <laughs> He's like, think about that for a minute. That's, that's Jesus's prayer. Jesus is like, here it is, 30 seconds, boom, 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 everything you need. And he took really great comfort in this because he suffers with ADD. And he's like, I just feel like Jesus understands. I can't pray for 10 minutes. All I need is give, boom, 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 give me the things. And I just love that. It's like, yeah, when God taught us to pray, he's like, look, if you go real slow, this is going to take you 30 seconds. Good job. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a great. All right. Well, um, Let's go ahead and try to tackle another one of Adelie's questions. Um, and this one, it's, it's kind of long, but I think it's worth reading entirely what she writes here. So she, here's what she asks. How does one grow in faith and pray for things specifically while holding those requests in an open hand for God to do something differently with them than we request? I find myself praying for things, but without much faith that God will address them miraculously. It's a dark world, and I know he doesn't step in and make every situation better, but I really believe I'm missing something with faith. It's like I don't fully believe he is who he says he is. And I just got to say that that question really, it struck something in me. It struck my heart pretty deeply because, um, as you know, Brandon, um, me and my family have endured several and long-lasting tragedies that have struck our home over the last two years. Uh, to put it bluntly, we didn't get the answer we, we were praying for with, with complete faith. We, we honestly believed God was going to answer and the way things turned out be different. And that's not what happened. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to know how to pray, especially that, that question of miraculously, because sometimes we can see the only way that this gets turned around is with a miraculous intervention. So, so what, how would you begin answering this question? Yeah. Well, I resonate with it too for similar reasons, even my own life of pain that we've touched on before. But I remember, and Matt, you can tell me if this is okay to say, but I remember you and I going through some of that stuff together and talking about some of that stuff. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I remember you praying and talking about the stuff that you would like to have miraculously fixed. And being on the other end of the phone and knowing that I couldn't tell you, yes, God will do that. Yeah. Because I couldn't. I didn't know what God would do. And I can't. And that's just, I, my heart breaks, <laughs> broke for you and it breaks for others who are in that place because it's, we do want it so bad. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and not only that, and I don't know, I, I don't know what's, um, what's coming from Adelie's perspective, but the, the frustration with our situation is not only was it something we desperately prayed for and desired and longed for and wanted, but it also seems like this, what was happening, what's current and what it even is an ongoing thing seems so counter to what the will of God would be. It's like, I know this can't be your will. This is evil. This is so wrong. How can this be your will? 
And it's kind of one of those things of, well, there's scriptures that say, if you pray for God's will to be done, it will be. And you're like, but wait, this, this isn't right. What's happened? What's going on? Yeah. And I remember that being the thing that kind of the hardest thing to hear and like most heartbreaking part is hearing you say, I know God wants me to pray for this and I believe he's going to do this. And then it not happening that way. That's, I know for a lot of people, that's actually faith shattering. Yeah. And I think that's, I hear, you're right. I don't know what's behind Adelie's question, but I hear that in her statement. It's a dark world. And I think I'm missing something. Well, yeah. And I, and I feel like in reading that question, I feel like that's actually one of the things that is driving. It's almost like there's a hesitancy to say, I want to pray with this confidence and with this faith in God that he'll do the thing that I'm asking. But I, I'm afraid to actually do that because if he doesn't answer the way I want, it will shatter my faith. And therefore, I am not, I am not going to pray that way. I'm going to pray a more reserved, maybe timid, maybe less faithful or faith-filled prayer just for the sake of saving my faith if God doesn't come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hear that. You know, what that makes me think, Matt, is first, I want to just say to Adelie and to others who are asking this question, <laughs> remember that, you know, Matt and I are sitting on the metaphorical back porch as fellow sufferers. We're not theologians. We're not pastors. Um, I really want to encourage people who are struggling deeply with this to find a good pastoral help, wherever that may be, that will that can walk through with them and find help friends that can help walk through this stuff with you. Well, and I and to connect that to to pastors and Christian leaders who may be listening to this, when people come to you with this question, please, please don't respond to it as if it's a theological, Hmm. philosophical problem. Yeah. Like it's so easy. It is so easy to avoid feeling the pain that the other person is feeling by immediately jumping into, well, let me clear up your theological errors. Let me explain to you the th- correct, th- you know, correct theological way to answer these questions. And and I really what I'm doing and then when I do that is I'm just I'm avoiding my own sadness and my own lament over what you're going through. Yeah. So if you're, you know, on both sides, if you're looking for good pastoral spiritual guidance on this, find somebody who will first take the time to feel it with you to complain to God with you, to lament with you. And if you're one of those pastoral spiritual leaders who people are coming to with this this question, slow the hell down. <laughs> yeah. And but, and sit with the hurt. Yeah. That's and, and I think that's really good advice. And I think that I mean and I guess what I would say is is for those of us who maybe don't get the best response in dealing with some of these things of, of we're, we're going to have to have grace with our brothers and sisters who do go that way. 
I think it's only natural for for us to want to go to the theological uh, realm and get all up into the the mind and not deal with things emotionally because it's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's hard to enter into the pain other people. I mean, we avoid pain. And the idea of entering into other people's pain to be there with them, most people don't want to do that. And so I'll give you a I'll give you a theological nugget and and leave because this is hard. You know, I've had people that I love and are wonderful friends that gave me bad advice and said things that I left that conversation hurting and like, wow, that was that was not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my spiritual direction training, one of the things that I'm learning to pay attention to and being asked to pay attention to is when someone's really hurting. I'm I'm being taught to notice my desire to comfort them with words of wisdom or scripture passages or advice is really mostly motivated by a desire to relieve the pressure and fear and tension in myself. So people will do that to us. And that's, like you said, we have to have grace because they're trying to help. But what we usually want in that space, what I want in that space is not somebody to try to make me feel better. I want somebody to come in in the pain with me and bear it with me cry with me, be angry with me, validate that my question is right. Yeah, I think those. I think that's all good. I think that's a good word. So what? where do we go from here with Adelie's questions? Well, I think that's a, I think what we just said about people needing to have somebody sit with us is actually a good transition into a little bit of the theology on this with the caveat that I'm not a theologian, but it seems to me that one of the primary messages of the Gospels is that Jesus answers these deep longings and these fears about my faith, not with intellectual answers, but with presence and with compassion born of knowing what the suffering is like. The best example I can think of is just the greatest prayer ever prayed was Jesus on the night he was going to be betrayed. And he said, you know, Lord, if this <laughs> cup can pass from me, please, yeah, please take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but you will. I mean, God himself, Jesus prayed that God would miraculously fix his situation. There's a, there are other ways to do this, Lord. I know there are. All things are possible with you. Please don't make me do this. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, and here's like, this is the miracle of faith. The, that the miracle is that he then went on and said, if this is what you will, I believe that that's better. And I'll do it because I believe that you are so good that this horrible path is actually the best. And I think that's a miracle. I think the only way you and I could ever pray that is when it's empowered, given to us as a gift of grace by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And as I and as soon as I say that, I want to caveat it a little bit and say I recognize whenever somebody says, this is a miracle of the Holy Spirit, one of the questions that pops up immediately is what Adelie said. I feel like I'm missing something then. So apparently some people have this mysterious gift that they can trust Jesus. I don't feel like I can. And I would just encourage Adelie and others that I'm not talking about something that's 
somehow it's like a magical switch that gets flipped inside of me and I can trust God. I think the miracle of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit of grace to be able to do that comes through really practical, mundane processes. One of them just happened. Jesus did it. Jesus didn't feel good about it. Jesus wasn't like, man, I just feel great about this whole thing. I have so much faith. And here's here's the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to feel that way. Feeling that way is not the evidence that you have the gift of the Holy Spirit of great faith. You know, you can weep and be angry and plead and ask God, why the heck is this happening to me? Where are you? I mean, now we just go back to the Psalms. Lord, why do the wicked prosper? Why do you allow this to happen? Are you going to leave me like this forever? I mean, there are all kinds of stuff like that in the Psalms. You can be angry. Jesus was. And God responds with, I'll be with you. Another of the ways that that gift of the Holy Spirit comes is that he teaches us to practice, then receiving that presence as being enough. I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, Psalm 131. I may have to go through real crap, but God has been through worse. God will go with me. God will sustain me. I don't know how, and it doesn't feel like it. But Jesus didn't feel that way either. That's okay. You know, when you said that phrase, um, God will go with you, um, I can't help but think of what has become my favorite book. And you know what I'm going to say is, and it's, you know, book recommendation moment, right, is uh, the book by Hannah Hernard, uh, Hind's Feet on High Places. You know, I've recommended that book ever since I first read it. And I'm like, man, this is so great. And there's only been a few people that have ever gotten back to me and said, I'm so glad you shared this with me. This is so great. And I feel like part of the reason is, is I think the only people who are going to be able to really get that book are people who either are currently or have gone through significant seasons of sorrow and suffering. And in that book, Jesus really does in a journey with the main character through significant sorrow and suffering. And even though the sorrow and suffering is still there, the difficulty is still there, the road is still long, the journey is still not the journey that she would have wanted, at least Jesus is with her. And that makes it possible. That book is is so profound in the way it, it depicts that. I mean, I love it. I've read it multiple times now. I can't help. I can't recommend it enough. It's so great for those people who are facing a, maybe a difficult journey that they didn't ask for. Yeah. The short version, I think, of what you're talking about with Heinz Feet in High Places, it's like, we ask God to fix this situation, heal this person, restore this relationship. We want, we have very specific things we're asking for, as Adelie says. And when those specific ways we want those fixes to happen don't happen, we think that's because God doesn't like us or isn't listening or doesn't exist or I didn't have enough faith or whatever else, all these wrong ways of thinking about it. And over and over and over again in Scripture, it seems as though God's consistently positive good answer to everything is his presence. We ask for these specific things to be done. Sometimes he does them, sometimes he doesn't, but he always gives his presence. Yes. 
he always gives his comfort of being with. Yes. I don't understand because I am a very, very tiny, tiny child compared to the wisdom of God. I don't understand how in God's infinite wisdom, that's the best answer always. But that seems to be his best answer. Like he he knows what really we and the rest of everybody else in the world needs at any given time. And it's always him, his presence. Yeah, man. And that's so good. When you think about what that's worth, what is the presence of God worth? Well, it's, it's incalculable. And I think that's been something that can definitely, uh, has for us been a sustaining grace is... Yes, we didn't get the answer we wanted, and we're we're mourning and grieving and and suffering, and yet, even in that context, God is so near and comforting us with His very presence. And in a sense, there's the, the temptation is is to say God failed you, God didn't come through, but that lie can't stand when God is standing right next to you. The answer may have not it may not have turned out like you wanted but it's not that god didn't come through because he's right here so the answer to the question or the answer to that for that problem it might not be as obvious but it's definitely not god god failed you god abandoned you because he's here he's right here and i think it's worth pointing out as well that where these questions are the most painful is often when the thing I'm praying for is for the healing, salvation, restoration of another person. God is also with that person, whether I know it or not. God is in their life doing what he knows is best for them. He has not abandoned them. He loves them more than I do. And there's that faith again where I say, I give them to you. I, I wanted this. I wanted this for me. I wanted this for them. You gave me your presence, and and I know you give them your presence. And I, I'm going to just come back to my plea to those people for whom these questions are being asked, those Christian leaders or friends to whom people are asking these questions. I believe that the best answer you can give someone when they ask this question is your own presence. Not words necessarily, not theological instruction, but be for those people a physical manifestation and a pointer to the reality of God's presence with them. Be with them. Just, just that. Because that, then I experience what it's like to have somebody with me and know me and hurt with me. And I can start to believe that God's like that. And I can start to believe like God's like that for my loved ones, that God is like that for everyone who I'm praying for. Yeah. I mean, dang, Brandon, that was good. I think I think I needed to hear that today. <laughs> Thank you. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Adelie, thank you for your questions. Anyone else, we, we really enjoy doing this. Please send us your questions, your thoughts. Um, we'd love to respond and have more of these kind of question and answer podcasts. You can send your questions to podcast at signpostin.org. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can you can send us questions that way as well. Okay. Well, thank you, Brandon. That was really great. And, and uh, thank you for all those people who have written in. And until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. 
Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit us at signpostin.org. While you're there, sign up for our e-newsletter and we'll send you a free ebook. Also, a big thanks to all of our supporters. Signpost N is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we exist only because of our generous donors who make everything we do possible. Please consider supporting us with your recurring donation. Visit signpostin.org slash donate.